I'm AC Brown, and you're listening to Is My Aura On Straight, a podcast designed to help you start living from your core instead of your conditioning. Each week, we'll have deep conversations that will help you create a powerful transformation that shifts your perspective in life, love, and business, with topics ranging from spiritual self-development, human design, astrology, metaphysics, and everything in between. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Is My Aura On Straight? I am your host, AC Brown. I am your psychic channel and your spiritual confidant. And welcome back to another episode of Is My Aura On Straight? And I have a special guest with me today, one of my favorite Canadians. (laughs) I'm singing and she's trying not to laugh. I want to introduce you all to one of my favorite manifestors, Vanessa Henry. Welcome to Is My Aura On Straight. Hi, AC. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk with you today. Good. And as you all can see from the title of this episode, you're doing it all wrong. Um, we are here to shake some shit up about human design some other modalities and spirituality in this new paradigm. And I have the perfect person because she is always pulling out her soapbox very, um, I would say, (laughs) gradually at times. (laughs) She'll pull it out and she'll stand on it. She'll say stuff and then she'll take it back. And then it's weird. But anyway, we're going to talk about that today. (laughs) But first, what I think what we should talk about a little bit is Um, What people probably because I we've talked maybe a little bit about it, but how was it for you first when you discovered human design? I mean, my experience, um, I read a book, you know what I mean? I read a book in 2013 and it it didn't connect with it didn't connect with me. Right. Because you had already you were as a right you were a writer and you were doing astrology stuff right at the time. Yes. Yes. I was deeply steeped in astrology for a long time because I had family members also into that set was kind of woven through my teens and into my early 20s and everything um but really it was kind of like crystals wellness astrology and so at that point I was doing a lot of freelance writing and graphic design and so I had found a book that said human design just walking by walking through the library walking through a bookstore excuse me and I was just drawn to those two words do you know what I mean and then when Mm -hmm. I opened it up I found the language to be quite intimidating and not very friendly and approachable, uh, but I was able to determine that I was an ego manifester. And for me, that was very triggering. Ego wasn't really a positive word for me in 2013. It was very misunderstood and it made me feel not great. But I also now looking back, totally appreciate that where I was at that time in my life, I was not yet ready to go into the world of human design, but I recognize it was like planted into my field, read the book, got the information, but didn't fully engage or participate, definitely wasn't consciously experimenting. And that only happened in 2018 once I revisited it. And I had Mm -hmm. kind of gone through this whole experience between there and where I became a parent, you know, it just, my life totally changed. And with that being said, because I'm glad that you said that is because that's what usually happens to many people. They come to me or I'm sure you even have clients. Oh, I found out my aura type years ago and I found out my energetic stuff years ago and I just never did anything with it. Why do you think that happens with human design uh, not versus astrology because astrology is ancient And there's so many nuances, but because the system was given to us by Ra in the late 80s, why does why do you feel that that is the normal experience for people with human design going in in and out waves? Well, I I think about, you know, I I like to compare it to astrology because astrology really definitely um, trains us in a way or help, forces us to consider a cosmic perspective and how we're all connected through that cosmic perspective. And human design is really almost the inversion of that. You know, it's very much um, considering the self in a new way. And just to be totally blunt about it, we're not as we're not all equally self-aware. Mm. And self-awareness is kind of tossed around 
um, as this language, like we all know what it means, but we're, we have this extreme lack of, of awareness of the self, especially when it's, it comes to um, investigating our own experiences and why we reacted the way we reacted. And so basically human design is a very complex language that you know, takes time to learn how to speak. And astrology is just a little bit more in the public eye, in the collective field. It's not as new, of course, but the, but astrology is that cosmic perspective. You know, it's it's we're all feeling this. It's reminding us that we're all in things together. And even though human design does that as well, human design forces you to consider yourself, your own responsibilities, who you are as an individual. And And there's overlap, of course, that happens in astrology. But, you know, even actually, AC, just thinking about, this this conversation and even you know you're doing it all wrong i would that's such a fifth line thing to say you know I'm just, it's like, i would i would never have said that that way you know i would have i would have definitely been like not that you're doing it wrong because if a manifester says that you have to also appreciate how abrasive that feels when a manifester points at you points their energy at you and says you're doing it wrong it's like my soul ah! Right. Um, well, that's a so, little clickbait too. Just you know, keep that in mind. Oh, hundred uh, percent. But I, I like my language around that would be, you know, there's another way. Yes. There's another way um, to be experiencing this, I suppose. So I, for so I can only really speak to my experience. I wasn't ready for human design mm. when it found me. However, I do feel the process probably was already, and it did initiate something within me. I could see for a manifester, I could definitely see how you could say that you weren't ready just because the energy of a manifester and with you and your own life experiences of having, finding out that a lot of the things maybe that you had experience about you having a repelling aura and all of these other things and already having some sort of like issues with that personally that you might've experienced already. So when we talk about you not being ready, was human design for you a confirmation or a wake up call? That's a good question because, you know, at that time in my life, I was actually in a very good place. It was the first time as my early 20s where I actually was living alone. You know, I started to feel really clear. I met my partner who now, you know, we have a family. Um, I was in this time of mutation, but I had recently at that time experienced so much trauma that I was still in it. I was still in my grief, not yet detaching from my grief in order to turn around and actually look at it and understand it. I was still experiencing it, still in it. And so my own self-awareness was not yet at a place where I could actually consciously choose to enter into a deconditioning um, lifestyle. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think everyone has that. Cause for me, I would agree for the first, when I first found out for the first couple of months, I was just like, well, this can't be right because yeah. I've been, you know, especially me being a projector, I've been taught, I have to go out and make things happen. That was very big. You, you know, especially in my household coming from, you know, you know, just a strong, like black, household it's like you have to go out there and make things happen the destiny is yours the world is already against you so you have to do what you have to do and so and then hearing that wait i've been not doing it correctly based off of energetics was kind of well what am i supposed to do now because mm -hmm. i've been taught and i've been conditioned to go out there try and do and force because that's the only way that when it's like an invitation, what I'm so so sit around and wait for people like that, mm -hmm. that the concept was very shocking for me. And so I can see for you, especially being a manifester, having to just have this disposition like, oh, I'm going, I'm, I'm supposed to go out there and, and get things started and do stuff. And then being in a space of grief and finally sort of piecing it together already in your life, mm -hmm. that that probably would have been kind of hard. Well, a lot of manifestors that I've worked with don't connect to their anger. They wouldn't mm -hmm. even identify as, as angry. And what I, I would like to speak to that for a moment because- Please do. Um, anger is within every human being and right. it's particularly within manifestors, but- it is just, it's a veil for the deeper emotion. And the deeper emotion is grief. Anger masks grief. 
And so when we think we're really angry, we're actually, it's actually grief. And so I really had, I really learned a lot about this. Um, I sort of, you know, we, we were going through a lot with Black Lives Matter in 2020, and I had to almost sort of detach in a way and start observing what was going on. And I really noticed a lot of conversations that were um, belittling black women and painting them as this angry stereotype. And I really felt um, a connection with what was happening there because I was connected to anger and definitely felt that anger is this sacred frequency that does need to come out. And when I was watching it play out with black women, they were not being allowed to express their anger. Everybody felt like it was directed at them. And so I really kind of sat with that and contemplated that for myself because I have experienced times where I get angry and as a manifester, I direct that anger into a weapon, a word that is just words that just weaponizes and, and, and tears people down. But my anger still needs to come out. But of course I don't want to weaponize it and hurt someone. So I needed to find a way to release it that was just like coming out, but it wasn't directed at anybody. And as soon as that anger could, I found a way to have that anger come out. I saw what was beneath it, which was grief. And then I took that kind of concept and was also applying it to what I was seeing happen in the black community, specifically with women, that their anger was sacred. It did need to come out because once we exposed that grief, we could finally allow this healing that needed to happen. And so black women were these incredible teachers for me in really understanding and processing my own anger and realizing it was sacred. It shouldn't be stuffed down. It does need to come out. What is a safe way it can come out? And anger should never be confused with aggression and violence. They're completely different things. And we sometimes forget that. So when I started, again, when I work with women who are man, not women specifically, excuse me, but manifestors really, and they're not connected to their anger, I know half the work is tapping them into that anger because they've just stuffed their grief down so far that they're no longer connected to it. And for the manifestor to get their anger out is so key because it's their sacred, it's a sacred emotion. And only once it comes out, can you be clear of it? And we want you to be a clear manifester because we want you to be initiating correctly. Mm -hmm. So to, to speak to what you were talking about, about your experience as a projector and not, and you know, the world sort of telling you, especially with your, your specific background that you need to go out and initiate things. The world was also telling me that, and it wasn't challenging for me to go and make things happen. You know, I remember, you know, connecting with, you know, Cameron Diaz's team. I want to work with you, uh, local newspapers. I want to call them, you know, I would go initiate. However, for me, where the trips were happening is I was not informing. And so I was constantly hurting people through my all kinds of different actions because I was initiating, of course, but I wasn't doing the manifestor technique of just letting the people involved know what I was going to be doing. Mm. Does that make sense? How I explain that? No, it makes sense. It makes total sense. It makes so. It's funny that you, um, you know, bring up black women because lately yes. I've been finding out a lot of black women are manifestors. I've met so many black women manifestors. It's crazy love that. like a lot and i was just like wow that's so and many of them are you know ridiculed for their voices and speaking out and everything like that and do you and just as just a segue do you have any advice for a black woman who is a manifester um and not speaking from you because you're not speaking from a black woman's point of view but you're speaking from a manifestor's point of view who's been doing this for a while especially a black woman who's just found out they're a manifestor i mean thank you for asking me that but it's an, it's an impossible thing for me to speak right. to because i i just don't have the life experience and the struggles that a black woman would go through but i will share that uh, when I was, you know, sort of in the belly of raw dissertations on manifestors, there's definitely one piece where he goes in depth about the particular suffering the female manifestor goes through because the world is male dominated, male perspective, male prioritized. And so the female manifestor specifically has extra anger. And I would imagine that that could be classified further into through the manifestor female races, particularly black female manifestors. And I would be interested to see documentation about that, but it doesn't exist right now because of right. course, you know, we need, we need, we need a, um, a black female manifestor to do that. And Shar Smith is a great example, luminous soul love on Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
She's a great example. Um, so I, it's not that I can speak to it, but I can speak to the anger. Well, and yeah, and I want to preface that you're not speaking to it. I'm I'm asking from more of a seasoned manifester living in your experience yeah. and your experiment for a while. And I want to make that clear to the audience that I'm not mm -hmm. saying that Vanessa is the authority on black women manifester. So let's get that clear people. No, I mean, and, and but I don't no, think anybody would Just in case someone, yeah. someone like tries to come for me. Cause don't do that over <laughs> here. Cause that's not what you want. Um, like, why would they fucking go for you? Like I'm the white person, you know? Yeah. But yeah. still, I just want to make that clear. I'm asking yeah. more just, I like to hear that because sometimes, you know, having experienced women who are manifestors who are just finding out and especially with them being black it has been a whoa all this time I've been told that I was wrong for speaking up just in general and then this is what I'm actually supposed to be doing so well I I, I have to tell you there's a lot of manifestor rhetoric out there that I actually don't connect to and I I find the language around you know what? I really want to be, I guess, recognized as a human design translator. Mm. And I really feel like Sounds language. Sexy. Thank you. <laughs> um, it just came now as I'm talking, whatever. Human design uh, translator, Vanessa Henry, everyone. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yeah. Um, no, but but the reason I say that is the, you know, the first generation of human design does use really emotionless words. It really it uses um, almost marketing language, to be honest. What's your strategy? What's your and um, What's your authority? All these types of things. But there is sort of this storytelling component that is is removed from human design and information is just presented. But sometimes I'm seeing it's taken out of context and it's manipulated. And there is very correct language like manifestor having a repelling aura. You know, that's a literal translation. But is there a way that we can translate and deliver that information to manifestors specifically in this example? in a way that actually connects with them. Because when I read that first in 2013, I did not connect with it. I felt worse, I stepped away. Right. It was telling me I was bad and I already felt bad and I sure as hell didn't need a confirmation that I was bad and I felt bad. Um, so I remembered that experience when I go and engage with manifestors. I take a lot of care in the way I use my language when I'm speaking to manifestors. I actually try to never ask them a question. You know, I structure things as, I would love to know how you're doing. Mm. rather than tell tell me how you're doing um because a manifestor doesn't want to respond and so i do take a lot of care in speaking to manifestors because that's where my focus is that's where most of my experimenting is as a manifestor but i always feel that they're you know with everything we're learning about you know the gender spectrum race privilege um the blanching of like whiteness specifically we need to adjust our language and when i was going into these manifestor groups and they're all telling each other like yeah fuck you and you know and you know, don't, don't i don't listen to what you say it was just it just felt so un deeply unnecessary to me and i don't feel all manifestors like we all have anger and anger is sacred but we can all learn regardless of you know how we identify i don't mean energetically i mean in human form mm -hmm. Um, we can all con to some degree have, um, ability to contain our anger and express our anger in safe ways that are healthy and safe for all involved. And a lot of that is informing and, and training the people you have relationships with. I'm not directing this at you. I, I actually would just like to give an example, you know, instead of saying to my partner, you're making me feel so bad because you don't do this and you did this and you, you, you. You know, I can just reframe it, stay in my anger and say things like, I'm just really feeling not heard and I'm feeling not good. I, like I'm keeping it about me and how right, I'm right, 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 right. Not so much that you are making me feel this way. And it is, a, it is a way, you know, you have to have this sort of ability to gather yourself and be with it, you know, within control of yourself. And that's what human design does help you do, of course. Um, but you still will need to connect to that anger and get it out. You still will need to go for your jog or do whatever, you know, depending on what type right. of manifestor you are. Um, but you'll find you're less angry. Like I don't, I'm not angry. <laughs> and, and I've had these moments of feeling deep peace and I get frustrated in these moments and then it's gone, you know? And so I feel like there's just a lot of misunderstanding about manifestors and I would like an opportunity to be able to speak to that. And so maybe being a human design translator is the way I want to go. There's just this whole breed of soft manifestors who don't want to be represented as 
you know, soft, we have to recognize that softness is an incredible power. Oh, absolutely. Feminine receptivity, vulnerability, softness is an incredible, incredible strength. And it doesn't always need to be this bulldozing energy. I refuse to to think that's true. Oh, and I don't think so for all manifestors that bulldozing energy at all. So I agree with that. I think but a lot of the language, the language is the language is for human design in general is horrible because of it's so technical. It's and it's a very technical thing. And it's just it's very robotic, like er, 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 your incarnation well, cross your strategy, like you said. So it's Ace, very this technical. is why this is why I've started to do projects that are examples of what what it's like to speak human design. This is what I really like about our podcast together right. with, with Jasmine and Rachel. It's an example of what conversations and relationships can look like when you have the ability to speak this language with each other. It's an opportunity to connect in a deeper way, to assess and be there for each other. Holds, oh my God, the concept of holding space meant I had no idea what that was until I really started studying human design. You know, mm. understanding the concept of energy centers and undefined energy centers and holding energy, you know, taking that energy in, it's just, it's just helped so much. I, you know, I was actually watching the other day, um, a master class with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, and yes. I am obsessed with this man. He's, I really think he's a manifester. He could be, he could be. You can't find his birth. You can't buy, find his birth time. No, I don't know his birth time, but I, I'm willing to bet he's got an undefined head and undefined Ajna because I was just, he was speaking in human design in his masterclass. However, he was not necessarily using the terms, but I realized in that moment, he is able to connect deeply and express through human design concepts. So human design is, a, is just a way to think critically and connect more deeply. Okay. I, I and like he that. he was living that out. He was living it out. Like he was explaining his masterclass and he's saying these terms. I'm like, dude, to speak in human design. It's I have to watch it. I have to watch oh, it. It's good. So when we talk about human design, new paradigm, and I would really, I really want to know. And this is I've been wanting to ask you this <laughs> since I have <laughs> you recorded. Let's do it. What do you think people are? How can I put this? How do I want to say this? I want to say. What what do you hate about human design that people go to first when they first find out about it? I really see people going quite deep or trying to go quite deep with things like gates and their incarnation cross. Everybody wants to understand the gates. And it's like, if you actually go and try to understand that gate before you've learned the context, it you're makes just, no sense for you. It makes no sense. And you're going to overwhelm yourself. There I really tell people is, this all the time. Sorry. I'm, I'm, just like... I'm, I'm starting to see that, you know, if I were to go through human design again, there is definitely a way that I would go. Absolutely. And I mean, I maybe should start speaking to that way and offering that way. Um, well, that's what I, I plan on it. doing is going it through my way. I love that for you. I love that. Yeah. I have a whole, how I would do it. Yeah. Right. I have a whole kind of system that I've created that yeah. I'm going to take people to go through it because of that, what you said, because people go to these really advanced intricate parts that have nothing to it. It has nothing to do with where you are right now, sweetheart. I well, promise you. Well, and you, you will you will misunderstand it. You you won't actually when you actually study human design and you learn some of the concepts, you realize the information, especially when you're studying the lines one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. That information is woven through human design, and you actually don't need to study as much as you think, as long as you start to grab these base concepts. Correct. I think that, and well, I'll ask you this. If you had to say for the beginner, because I want to talk about the, another person in like another, like kind of, um, you know, person that you can think of, but in the beginning for a beginner, what are the top three things that they should be worried about? Can you ask me that in another way? Okay. If a beginner found human design, how should they implement? What are the top three things they should implement first in learning their chart 
Well, I don't feel we should actually start with design type. I feel that we should start with, I can only reflect on how my, what my struggle I think I know was. what you're going to say. I looked at the body graph and I had no idea what I was looking at. Correct. We, we first need to observe it and be able to see these nine shapes. These are energy centers. These boxes along the side, these represent planetary symbols. These black and red lines, you know, that we need a, we need to understand what we're looking at first. From there, we could go into show how to calculate design type and then learning your design type. And then of course your authority. And you really need to be in that for a long time there. You can go in and, and dig for information, but the reality is we intake, intake, intake information, mm -hmm. and we haven't sort of synthesized it and fused it together and to uh, apply it to our life and to begin experimenting with it. There's so much knowledge intake and no experimenting and people have no idea how to experiment. So I think we need more systems and tools out there that just show what experimenting looks like. And that's what I usually try and do. I like that. I like that. Do, do you think that human design is going to, cause this is what I hear and I'm just, and I'm sure you hear this too, as a practitioner, all of our circle hears this as well. Human design is so much more accurate. How come I did not know about this? So what are your thoughts about human design in this new paradigm kind of spirituality? What does that mean for human design, for us as practitioners, for other practitioners coming along? What does that mean? Well, it's definitely going to explode and it's going to boom, but we have to also just recognize our collective consciousness was not at a place of awareness before the 80s to be ready for this. Mm. If we think about what if we think about what happened in the 80s, millennials were born. You know, it was this new generation coming, and then we think about that generation, they grew up with technology in a way that previous generations did not. And even now when I look at like the younger generations or even generation Z, the mass, the natural intuitive mastery they have of technology because it's already embedded in their DNA. They're mm -hmm. already at an expansion and an evolution of previous generations. They're not better. It's not about better or worse. You know, we get caught up in that contrasting polarity. It's more so about they're an expansion and evolution and mutation of what came before. And so everything before comes with them. So the world just simply wasn't ready to fuse these five modalities together and look at them in a new way and learn a new language. We just weren't there yet. And so it didn't necessarily need to be Ra Yeruhu who, who translated and downloaded it and brought it into reality. He just happened to be the manifester that connected to it and tried. You know, he had the, he had the design to do that. But there are other people who sort of felt this connection too. And, and there's a big misconception out there that, you know, everybody waits except for manifestors. Everybody waits, even manifestors. Manifestors can't just initiate whenever. They do also read the room. They do feel, they do right. trust. I, I would say that manifestors actually they follow. Set the yeah, that would say that they that timing works best for them because they set it, because they can feel and they understand. Well, so when Ross sort of to bring this information into reality, he was like, he immediately saw that it was for kids. And he wanted to be able to give it to kids, but how do you do that? You've got to give it to the parents. Mm -hmm. So then he realized, holy shit, I've actually got to learn, teach this language to parents before it can ever seep down to the next generations. And so I always talk about this concept of second generation human design, next generation human yes. design. And it's those of us who were not there at the original download, you know, in the right. 80s, early 90s. And we didn't study with Ra directly. We studied through elders like Karen Curry Parker, maybe Ra, but Bantu, uh, Richard Rudd, you know, we went yeah. through that, that's first generation. Um, and now when it's in second generation, it's mutated. It's a mutated, it's a language, it's a living language. And what this next generation is really trying to figure out is how do we actually give this information to each other in a way that connects. And in, in a lot of Ra's earlier dissertations, he says, you know, this information will start to not be relatable to newer generations because the world is going to change. And he didn't, they didn't even, they think about it. They didn't even have like texting or Facebook. Like they couldn't even fathom what that was. And right. so- they and you see them clunkily trying to get into technology with some of these videos and stuff when you oh my gosh it's just you know but now it's like there's everybody's a content creator making graphics and some information being shared is 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 actually just flat out incorrect but it's not the point the point is we're trying to find ways to share this information with each other and that's really really important to be able to storytell translate it deliver that information to each other uh, which is all about experience 
up, up, making it applicable, giving you a tool to try rather than here, you're this, go do that. You know, it's right. like, well, you've got to experiment with it. You can't just intake the knowledge and think you're changed. So do you think that human design in this, let's say the next 10 years, right? Do you feel that it's going to be a more accurate interpretation of day-to-day living than astrology? Because I have my thoughts about that, but I want to know yours. Well, I think they're different perspectives. I think astrology is so important. It's something that I don't ever want to stop looking at. Right. Because it gives us that sort of cosmic perspective. Um, It gives us a language to understand larger events. Um, And human design is just that sort of framework to give things a try yourself. You know, astrology isn't that. Uh, Human design is really like a blueprint. It's like, here's your manual. Here's what your special body needs. Let's teach you all these ways. And then you're going to have to figure out how to take care of your body in a new way. And that's just an exciting place to be. I really feel like we'll reach a point where where a lot of the public speaks this language, but we won't all be human design teachers. You know, I'll be a interior designer and I'll know how to put you correctly in your cave or your mountain or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. we'll be able to use oh, it in different ways. I love, oh, I can't wait. I know, I am I am coming for environments in uh, 2021, 2022. Listen, like, Vanessa I got so is, much the to em- say. is the environment queen. If you want to know about environments, variables, she's the person to go to um, just because she just, you just, you really do it really well. And I always tell you that you really do it really well. um, And you help others just understand it really well. Um, So I appreciate you for that. So I'm like, you you know, you do it really well. Variables is another thing that people dive into. I would say though, before they are fully ready. Like girl, you do not need to know what that means. Well, everybody, (laughs) we are so triggered with like diet culture. And so what's my human design diet? You know, that's where people go. It's like, well, you're going to learn something here because that is so not what this is about. Right. It's just not about that because even when I first, well, one thing that I did hear from an older human design kind of person who kind of took me under their wings a long time ago was like, um, anything that kind of talks about diet, you want to kind of just like leave that alone for now because you are different and that might not work for you. Well, the thing to appreciate about the variables with diet specifically at, well, environment, if you haven't had your Saturn return, it it, be aware of it, but you're not actually going to feel it until you've, you've gone into your Saturn return. And that's literally just an evolutionary cellular thing that I, I won't get fully into at this time. But diet, if you're so conditioned, you've been conditioned away from your diet. Food is the biggest conditioning thing on the planet. So mm. all of a sudden you find out your your cold thirst diet and you're taking that translation literally and you think, I just gotta have cold foods all day. You've, you're not understanding the full concept because you don't understand the six lines yet and you may not actually be connected to that yet it may actually not be good for your body to actually try doing that yet because you need to first go through different types of deconditioning awareness processes so and then of course they get into it too soon they don't feel connected to it and therefore therefore they reject they're like oh this doesn't work (laughs) it's like this doesn't even work and it's just like okay because i would say the same thing because when i found out i was in direct light i was like so what does that mean and it helped, but I was just like, well, that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense, but it, it makes sense in the way I use it for myself. Totally. It's a spectrum of information, but you, you are not on this way over here on this end. You've got to figure out what your indirect is. Correct. And that is something. So I, what I do want to get into is, um, because you're Canadian and you're amazing. Yeah. Um, you. And <laughs> you're Canadian and you're amazing. What I wanted to, to talk to you about, what do you find is the, the besides it being a blueprint, besides it being your manual, um, we talk about, and I, <laughs> people are probably, they're not going to kill me, but I think this is important. Um when we talk Speak about your truth, AC Brown. Speak your truth. Definition, because I always, yeah. I want you to give your perspective on when we talk about single definition, split definition, triple split definition. Ooh. When it comes to relationships, <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah. and romantic relationships, because people will sure. kind of like fight me on this, and I just needed a, a backup from someone who. <laughs> Okay, so you're first assuming I agree with you, so that makes me nervous. Yeah, but I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming you agree with me because I I feel like you do. Um, I want you to give me your 
your interpretation on definition when it comes to romantic relationships? So a little outline then definition, you know, do your energy centers connect to themselves? Do they connect to each other? Do you have one stream of definition or is your, are your energy centers broken up? I'm considered a split definition. My head is defined and my Ajna is defined, but it doesn't connect to my defined throat. I'm missing a channel through there, but my throat connects to my heart. And this makes me an ego manifester. So it's kind of like I have these two voices inside the head and the heart and, and they I'm, really I'm single definition and AC has this beautiful stream that the whole system essentially we could say talks to itself so AC's undefined centers she's more prone to conditioning there whereas somebody with a split a, sing, a single split as, as I have those particular gates where the split is is very um vulnerable to conditioning I guess and so how this looks in, in relationship I'm split definition my my partner is single definition he doesn't need me or anyone to bridge that split where that break is um but I could go into a neutral environment like a coffee shop and there's all these energies there where it's bridging my split and suddenly my system talks to itself yada 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 so I always have this thing where I say single definition doesn't <laughs> compromise they're not mm -hmm. here to compromise and split definition does compromise. And for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to focus on those two, even though I acknowledge there are wide splits, right. there are tr triple, triple splits, splits. quadruple splits, yes. and no definition, of course, with reflectors. Um, but the, the, the single split, the small split, they're really designed to pair bond. They are really, really designed for relationships. They need relationships because it bridges their split. Now, relationship could be platonic, of course, but it can also be romantic. And how I find this plays out with my partner is they're like, I'm the manifester, and I feel like I'm the one always compromising. <laughs> Just pisses me I could see so that. I could see that. And like, don't get me wrong. He makes compromises in the relationship, but I can feel it energetically. Like, he isn't going to budge on certain things. He, you know, he doesn't need me. It's the best way to say okay. that. I also would highly recommend people check out the love book um, by Ra Yuruhu. The love book focuses specifically on the vessel of love and the G center and the types of loves that emanate from there. And when I was studying that book, I realized, holy shit, I love my partner more than me. And I hated that information. Oh gosh, I don't have, I'm completely open there. I ain't got no, nothing to do with that. I, yeah, I am designed to love him more. And he just loved this. Like he loved this information. And, I, and that may be, I may have overshared information there that is more confusing. I apologize if so, read the love book. Um, but when you have this sort of single definition, the idea is you choose to partner. You don't need to pair bond the way the split does. And so and the reason why I bring that up is because when we talk about relationships and people ask me, they get upset that when they're single definition, because they desire, most of the people desire, you know, depending on when they're at in their life, they desire relationships. You are and, so allowed to desire that. Right. Which is fine. And I say you, mm -hmm. you can have what you want, but you don't need it. And that's where they get angry. And it's just like, I get why you're angry because when I found that out too, I got a little angry as well. But looking back on it after having self-awareness, therapy, coaching, all sorts of stuff, I don't need to be in a relationship. It is literally I, a desire and a want. But I find it very empowering to accept and embrace that you need no one and to choose to anyway. You know, like I'm in a relationship with a single definition person. We're very in love. And it's not about like, and I know with, if I wasn't here, he would go love someone else. Do you know what I mean? He he is just loving by nature. Right. He's a loving it's person. Not, I'm a loving person. It's not that yeah. I'm totally like, well, f, f this. I don't want to be in nothing. It's not that. It's just more of my. You really you know, have to want it. Right. My innate nature, especially mm -hmm. with on top of it, I'm an only child. So I really. Mm -hmm am comfortable being by myself. And so I think when split definition people hear that, they feel like they have to, that it's, they're going against something. You know what I mean? Cause you know, when you hear like, oh, I don't need anybody, but why would you say that? Cause I want to be married or I want to be in a relationship or I love, I, or, I, or I hear, I love my boyfriend though. I'm like, I'm not saying you don't love him. I'm just saying that in yeah. inside of you, you actually don't really need to be partnered with him. If push came to shove, like, yes, you're going to be heartbroken or, you know, the, you know, you guys are going to be upset that you broke up or if it doesn't work out, 
but you're not going to be distraught like you think you are. And I mean, let yeah, let's let's talk about this because you know what, my I'd love a chance to speak to this because my experience in explaining these splits in regards to relationship hasn't been what you're sharing. I don't, I haven't experienced so much devastation so much, but there's also so many places within the design that you can look. You know, there are certain channels that are designed for like mating, literally. Um, right. You know what's what's going on in your solar plexus? What's going on in your sacral? What's going on in your G center? There's so many places to look, but I I find it is is usually it can be a very empowering conversation where it's like, look you've got everything you need. You don't need someone, but you can choose someone. And I find that to be very special. It that, is. You know, to have the, to, to, to know. To be yourself. in something like I really did choose. I like, I'm choosing you. I want hey, to you, love buddy. you. I'm right. Choosing I'm you. choosing you. I love you. I really want to be in this because mm -hmm. I, for me, if anything, mm -hmm when I'm in relations or when I have another relationship, it's really like, I really did choose you because I know I don't really have to. And not I, because I, I don't I do. love you, but because yeah. I've just, my body doesn't need it. <laughs> like but, but this is, this is also, this is also societal conditioning. And this is part of like the Christ consciousness field, Godhead getting involved and other Godheads getting involved. But it's, it's, this is more so like we've been conditioned by the world to pair bond and it's not correct for everybody. I speak about this a lot, how some single definitions or, you know, triples, quadruples, like polyamory, you know, we're, we're not, we don't need to have experiences just bonded to one person. We may feel these different connections with others because of the electromagnetic connections we have with them, you know? And so if, if we got to this place where that was more socially acceptable, the world would be, be having different relationships. And I do feel like we are in this time of mutation where that's changing. There's a lot more socially acceptable polyamory strictly because people are talking about it um, or different styles of relationships, primary partner, secondary partner, whatever. You know, we can be engaging with each other in all kinds of ways, but society has for some reason created this rule book yeah. and it doesn't fit everyone. And it does, but it does, what we do need to acknowledge is it does fit some. Okay. I like that. So what, what would you say, what, what would you like to see in the next two years with human design and with your work as I who you are as a human design translator? <laughs> I love that uses my language. Ah, fun. I would definitely like to see more people um, spreading, sharing human design information. There is this sort of belief out there in any type of comp competition or, or competitive nature that there's not enough room for me or I'm, I'm, I'm against, I'm competing against these people. And that is just so not the culture of human design. We want more people in it. We want more people speaking this language. Everybody speaks it and expresses it in a different way. Everybody has access to different types of people. I want to see a complete dissolution of hoarding people. Um, I really, mm. I really like to, you know, when someone comes to me and they ask me something, I will share my opinion, but I usually try to say, you know, who else is a really great emotional manifester or black woman, emotional manifester that you should follow or emotional projector or whatever, you know, I try and give the example because I can only teach certain things from theory and not from an embodied experiential place. And I really feel when I, when I study with someone in human design, I, I go check out what everybody does. I'm a 6'2", so I'm behind the scenes in, in investing in all kinds of people to learn how they share. And I well, I, I think that's in, in, important to do. I'm really learning about different expression styles, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and hearing new ways of saying things, hearing new ways of whatever, and being when somebody delivers information to me, I can tell if they don't have it in their chart. I can tell if they've got no experience because it doesn't land with me. Mm. And then if all of a sudden somebody has is has an ex, has experience with, let's say, something that I have, let's say they're also a high sound determination. So they have a high sound diet and they're speaking to it. I connect with them differently than if somebody who is, let's say, a consecutive eater and they're speaking about high sound. I can tell they're regurgitating theory and not from experience. So I try and go out and collect all different features of human design, who has what, so that I can study what they're doing, what they're sharing, and I can also recommend them to other people. And I think that is how we really be of service to each other, create this amazing community, because we really don't want to hoard people. We want people to be able to speak this language because there's a responsible duty to elevate the collective consciousness to be able to speak this way to each other, to be able to connect to each other more deeply than we have historically. 
I will agree. The, my only backlash, or that's not even a proper term, but my only is that the system itself has made it very secret society-ish. I fucking hate that. Yeah. And so when you mm-hmm. saying that that would be your vision, that is kind of challenging with the human design of America, you know, Jovian archive constructs that we're dealing with in the United States. So, and we, and we can, we'll, we, we talk about this offline all the time, mm-hmm. but for people wanting to get into it and to be that and be other branches to the people in the forefront, the leaders per se, like, you know, some of us are. So how do, what, what, what does that look like? Well, my personal philosophy, I don't want to learn anything all from one person. I want to have an array. I like, I encourage people, if I connect with you, you may also like so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Um, anybody out there who is curious about this can go directly to the company that raw created and study from there however what you'll find is there's people don't always resonate with that information and they start to go find fractals these other let's say human design influencers who speak in a way oh is that what that's what we are human design influencers a hundred percent that's what you know we yeah that's a whole other conversation (laughs) i get into but um sorry guys but but you, you you connect to who connects with you, you know? And so a lot of people will go to the traditional human design information and it's first ge- first generation language and it doesn't connect with them. And they would rather go to somebody who translates it in a way that's gonna connect, that just makes sense. Mm. And then they start to, they immerse themselves in this community and they really like learning that with AC and they really like learning that with Vanessa and they really like learning that with Rachel and that with Jasmine. You know what I mean? They they, And I would encourage that. I would encourage you to go seek out people who have similarities to you, differences than you, so that you can have this sort of, wide lens overview of this information. So I don't I don't like to study anything directly from one place. I I actively study with other human design influencers. Which you should. Um and elders, other human design elders. Like Karen Curry Parker is like raw Yeruhu. I've got some beef with him, but he does have great Right. He has great points. I, I learned a lot. Yeah. I did my thing with it, all of that stuff. So and and I think that I, I want to see I want to see less of the secrecy as well, surprisingly, um, because it makes it so. I feel well, so shackled. Raw was a five one and oh. you're a three five. Yes. The, the fifth line energy, in my experience, I notice that things get really warped with that line there it gets caught in the projection field it gets misunderstood there is secrecy I, I notice a lot of fifth line people get caught in this sort of secrecy veil and you know they're doing things but they're not being totally truthful sometimes and it's like just be you know just just tell us how it is and i think once that energy mutates into the sixth line it's just transparent it's no longer warped well, in i'm transparent field. though I know, but I'm talking about the archetype of the lines, you know, when it goes through one, two, three, four, five, six. So, so let's just speak to that for a moment. We start at the one and we got to, we, we got to feel safe. We got to, it's instinct. Then we get to the two and we're just, we're realizing that we're safe, but we want to have more options to enhance our quality of life. Then we get to the three and those ingredients that we've now, you know, found, we're transforming them. We're turning them right. into something amazing. Then we get to the four and we kind of disconnect from it a little bit and we assess how everybody feels about it you know what is it what is the community all saying about this here um but it's very detached it's not engaged then once it gets to the five it's all about information sharing i learned this about it i've assessed it now what about this what do you think about this and it's all about sharing information and then when it gets to the six of course that information is hopefully being embodied and lived out as an example and so i find when sixes operate in a way that is transparent and they've got nothing to hide. You know, if you think about raw as a five one, well, of course it seems secretive and it seems like- I can see that, now away. I can see that, yeah. Now I can understand, you know, especially being a three five. Yeah. My, if if I do come across as secretive, it's because I am experimenting. Not because I'm trying to hide it, it's because I'm still trying to figure it out in the way I want to five line it. Okay, you've you've brought up a very important point. In the way I want to, it's not that you are being secretive, but the public perception. Correct. I can totally see that because my three line is learning, processing, experimenting with it, all of that stuff. 
so I can explain it in my five line the way I want to, the way I've seen it, the way I've experienced it, the way I know it. And so between that point of learning and experimenting and sharing, sometimes that middle part does look secret society-ish. Because before I tell you in my fifth line, I need to make sure that everything that I've experienced, I can come at you and say, no, this is how I see it because this is how I experienced it. But now here's the information. That is the fifth line. But the fifth line isn't about delivering absolute truth. It's about, it's like I've delivered, this is what works and what doesn't work. You know, and I know this doesn't work. And this works for me. Mm. I don't know that it will work for, for all. Right. I can tell you it works for me. And I, I, most of my relationships and my friends in my life are fifth lines. And really? Oh Jeez. my God, yeah. And and I the, God, the way these people are misunderstood, the way that people fucking come at fifth lines is, is it absolutely baffles me. And so that's why it's so powerful for fifth lines to create um, the persona, you know, AC Brown, spiritual confident, uh, jazz Verville is jazz, the moon mother, you know, it's creating these personas is, is a protective way to be a fifth line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <sighs> because otherwise I'm, everybody, I'm taking my own to breath. You. Like, Oh my <laughs> well, gosh, everybody- you totally understand. People will come to fifth lines and they come with all their shit and it gets put up and projected on the five. And so it's, you know, that's what I mean about the secrecy and the warped field. The right. Warped projection. So there's some sort of a that persona is like yeah. it's it's I'm it's not that I don't want you to see all of me, but I need to protect it because I don't know what you're going to do with it. Uh, totally. As now myself as a six line, if I'm not transparent, I'm absolutely punished for it. An example of this is um, I there was somebody in my local community that I was following uh, and I stopped liking what their message was. And so I muted them on Instagram. (laughs) This like fucking baby ass cop out that I didn't have the balls to do. Anyways, whatever. I have since unfollowed. But at that time, I wasn't yet ready. I was, you know, but they sort of were left my consciousness, but we're still in my field. And so when this shit started to go down with this individual, people reached out to me and were like, hey, I noticed you follow them. I think you should speak to them, blah, 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 blah. So oh. when, yeah, that you, happens got, to you got caught in the matrix by oh, like yeah. association. So I actually am very intentional with my follow list. Um, basically, if I follow you, I'm watching you. But if I'm not following you, it doesn't mean I'm not watching you. Like I definitely go, you might, I have I have a good friend who's a 5'1". And they always say they were following someone that like I really, let's say, didn't agree with. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are you following that person? And they were like, I want to see what's out there. I've got to see all the different opinions. And I follow people about all kinds of subjects. And I was just like, wow, I literally can't do that. Because people are, people are watching who I follow. They're then yep. engaging with me. So, so for what I've learned is there has to be this, this chosen level of transparency. And if there is not, there's, there's usually a punishment. So I do feel that all types can be transparent in their own way. Um, I think it is necessary, but I, I respect that it's not easy for everyone to do just because of their own designs and their own things that they bring to the table. But it feels good for me, and so I like to lead myself that way. I like that. I like that. I I I will agree. Yeah, I don't. I can't follow a lot of people because yeah, whatever. Anyway, that's, that's <laughs> another conversation. Not here on the podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. what and um, what do you want? the world to know about this new paradigm that we're going into when it comes to spiritual spirituality with all these modalities, what do you want people to know on their role in using this stuff? Now, I don't want to say correctly, their role in using this stuff to benefit their souls the most. Well, I really feel called to encourage people that we're to get back to play to get back to ease you know we've really been manipulated and distorted in this frequency that we've got to hustle remember that what's your side hustle hi it's hustle culture it's gonna kill you yeah that's that's all i i can feel that mutating and changing and we're being welcomed into rest and you know we have all these examples now you know of working less and and you know financially making more or being healthier and all this this is all breaking down and changing um and i 
I really just want to encourage people that whatever you're feeling, whatever is hard, whatever you're going through, it actually doesn't need to be that hard. Now, we don't want to devalue their experience because all the I've been through some very challenging experiences and they have definitely shaped my identity, um, but they are not all of me. It's not the only part of me. And I think a lot of us want to come to come to healing, healing these sort of frequencies we have. And we finally have a not finally, because we've always had different types of tools, but we're in such an advanced society now that we finally have a tool that is as, as advanced as we are. And it creates this fame, framework for us to go even further. And realistically, we're coming out of some crazy astrology, crazy ages. And that reason it feels like everything is breaking down is because it is. We're getting out of these old eras. You know, we don't have a clue what the world is going to be in the next 10 years. We sincerely don't. We, we can don't. Make we can we make don't. informed informed predictions but we're we're really i really felt through the pandemic there were some special moments where i felt that the whole world was thinking about the same thing and that's not something that a, a thing that i had felt before and i kind of remember i was in my apartment looking out at the sky and i just felt like you know i wasn't looking up i was looking out and i really felt connected to the planet in a way i hadn't felt before and that was very special for me because it was almost like i could feel the collective consciousness the public eye if you will um mutating, reaching a new plane, elevating. And not everybody goes at the same time, of course, but I could feel that sort of connection to everybody and it was exciting. And I think we are all realizing through the pandemic, it was a really, you know, a, a unique time because it forced us to evaluate certain parts of our life that we didn't have an opportunity to evaluate before because we were just so busy. And so many people are moving. So many people are, are stepping into new careers, leaving relationships, starting relationships, because we're realizing like, what are we living for? Mm -hmm. You know, and we want to feel good and we are designed to feel good. So I, I think that we're, I think that we're moving toward that. And I actually think it's an incredibly exciting time to be alive. And I feel immense responsibility to do my part in translating tools that help people speak to each other in a deeper way. I love that answer. Thank Aww. you. <laughs> what, well, <laughs> well, what do you want? What do you want the people to know who are listening to this? Just about what's to come from you and your work. I'm in a this time of deep mutation. Whenever I kind of go away and and you know go into my hermit, my little thing, I'm I'm going through some type of mutation. I'm doing some type of learning, some type of dying, some type of letting go of things, and I have reached a point in my work where I have created so much information that it now needs to be recategorized and restructured. So I'm going through this restructuring process that allows me to provide an experience that lets people kind of choose their own experience. How, you know, I'm, I'm learning how differently everybody learns and I want to do my best to facilitate containers that allow people to learn in their own style. And as a manifester, I feel like I can do that. I feel like I can create those things. Um, and so to create this baseline of trusted information that then allows me to go deeper in, in different ways. So I'm changing. Um, I definitely try to live out life as an example by being transparent when I change, permission to change, of course. Um, and now with my community and audience, people actually expect that from me. So if I, if I get too cozy doing the same thing, I start to lose steam and lose energy and, and people are starting to recognize and making and, and giving me permission to allow myself to mutate. So that's an exciting place for me to be. And it empowers me to do that because I really just want to show up for the other. Um, I'm a left angle cross. Uh, I'm a split definition. So much of my experience is about the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really here for the other. I want to pass on information to the other, make sure they've received it because then I know I actually have the information too. Uh, it, you know, it's, if I've just got it myself and I don't share it, do I actually have it? Do I actually right, know right, it? Right. You know, it's like, I, I need that witness. So I'm, uh, I'm also planning on moving, you know, changing province uh, in Canada. That's she'll exciting. Still, she'll so, still be in Canada. So that's good. I, yeah, I just want to, I just want to, I'm, 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 I'm as a six line. I'm in my second life phase. I've recently gone on the roof. I've had this sort of time of recovery and reassessment. And now I want to make some new, try new things that I haven't done before just for learning purposes. And my lifestyle accommodates that. Um, I really do live like a manifester. And so I'm seeing how exciting that is and I'm seeing how empowering that is. And I just basically want to keep going. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to have you back because I want to talk about some other things. Um, I would literally come back anytime. Like you pick a okay. specific topic and I'm like, AC, let's get into it. I I'm going to invite Vanessa back. So I want to thank you so much. Everyone follow Vanessa, Vanessa Henry everywhere. 
um and get in her field <laughs> she's not gonna follow you we <laughs> first of all that's so not true um but yes, I'm not designed to respond. I definitely people like in my DMs, what do I do about this? And I'm like, I've yeah. created stuff for that. Go she, find she, it. Yeah, she has amazing, amazing stuff. Um, but I want to thank you so much for being on here. You're my friend. Thanks, and yeah, you're my friend I love too. you. I love no. you as well. <laughs> you're my friend and I love you. <laughs> you're my friend. Yeah. No, but well, thank you for having me. I adore you. Well, thank you. And um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, until next time, make sure that you are having an, a wonderful day um, filled with good vibes and great energy. And remember, don't let anybody fuck with you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Is My Aura On Street. This podcast was produced by Callie Green and edited by Adam Ross. If you loved this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, bye-bye.